Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our reading this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed. And we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen. But the thing is, if if you watch the news this week, if you listen to the news, if you read the papers, I didn't see that headline anywhere. And that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? News, breaking news, man dies, man rises from the dead. I didn't see that headline anywhere, did you? Instead, when I listen to the news, read the news, watch the news, the headlines I saw this week include, there's a new COVID variant, yay, BA-212, and they're worried that in places where vaccination rates are low, there will be increased hospitalizations and death. Lots of headlines this week about the war in Ukraine, the growing death toll, the growing number of civilian casualties, accusations of war crimes, and even the announcement of a new uh, Russian general whose nickname is The Butcher. President Biden this week announced a ban on ghost guns, guns that are made and shipped and purchased online without serial numbers hoping to reduce the number of gun-related deaths. And this week in the headlines was another mass shooting, this time in a New York subway. 
This week, the CDC announced rising rates of teen depression and a growing number of suicides. In fact, the, the life expectancy in the United States has now dropped because of suicide. This week, it was announced that this will be a more active than usual hurricane season. More storms, more major storms landing, and of course, they'll take lives with them. And on a more positive note, I heard an interview this week saying that Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook has committed his vast wealth to eradicating disease by the end of the century. The bad news is the scientist who was giving the interview said it can't be done. Did you catch the theme? To catch the theme through all the headlines, no headlines about a man rising from the dead. Instead, it was a common narrative of death. Death. All around us. In spite of medical and technological advances, all in an effort to to protect our lives, vaccines, anti-lock breaks, home security systems, in spite of politicians' commitments and promises to keep us safe by protecting our borders and cleaning up our streets. It seems, if you watch the news, our lives are in constant danger. Death seems to be the common theme. And here we are. Look at us. Gathering on an Easter Sunday, claiming that we believe a man died and rose from the dead. It almost feels a little defiant, doesn't it? It almost feels like this is our resistance. This is countercultural. It's a little rebellious, it seems, to celebrate Easter. Claiming the power of life over death. This today is our public protest against death and for life. Today we gather to claim that Jesus has beaten death, that the grave couldn't hold him down. Moments ago we sang, death in vain forbids him rise. In vain forbids him rise. It all sounds a bit audacious, doesn't it? But here we take our stand. Here we refuse to buy into the cultural narrative of death. We say no to death. We say yes to life. Here, today, in this place, we draw a line in the sand and we say to death, no further. Your reign has ended. You've reached your limits. Christ has beaten you. Now I know. Death still remains the enemy. Death still exists. We all will still die. It is the great enemy of this life. But on this day, we claim that death no longer has ultimate control. Through Jesus rising from the grave, death has been defeated. Death has been conquered. Parameters have been set. Lines have been drawn. And life has won. We can join with the Apostle Paul in saying, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Or Romans 6, 9 through 10, we know, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. 
Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Easter is a celebration of life. It's a proclamation of life. It's our claim that God's plan for this creation is life. It was life. It's always life. Productive life. Fruitful life. Healthy life. Teeming life. Flourishing life. Abundant life. Do you get the picture? Go back to the creation story. God creates Adam from the dust of the earth, but breathes life into him. The breath of life. He places him in a garden where there's a tree of life and he can eat that fruit forever and never die. Years later, Jesus comes along and says that his purpose is to offer us life in abundance. And by his death and resurrection, he opened the gates to eternal life forever. Now, yes, it's true. We're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. We don't get to eat from the tree of life anymore. Yes, it's true, we sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Yes, it's true, the wages of sin is death. But death was never God's intent for creation. Death was never God's plan. Death was never God's will. The theologian Karl Barth once said, death like sin is an intruder into human life. In the original scheme of this world, it had no place at all. And since God is God and God gets to do what God wants to do and God wants us to have life, God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He came. The author of life came. He took on human flesh and he lived our life and he died our death, just as we will. But unlike any human before him, Jesus on Easter Sunday, stepped out of the tomb, conquering death forever. On the cross, he bore the sins of the world. He carried them into the tomb and left them there. And when he stepped from the tomb, out came new life. With him became new possibility, new promise, new potential for living. Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Many of you know that our theme throughout the season of Lent has been restoration. We've been literally using junk around here, stuff found in dumpsters and garbage cans, left on the side of the road, broken stuff, stuff that's just been tossed away as useless. We've gathered it up to metaphorically represent all that's broken in this world. Broken lives, broken hearts, broken minds, broken relationships, even sometimes broken churches. And we've claimed that somehow, some way, at the cross of Jesus, all that junk has been gathered and redeemed and restored and creation has been made whole. That's our faith. That's our hope. And today's message is about restoring hope. Because sometimes, even for people of faith, our hope gets rattled. Sometimes even people of faith have trouble 
holding on to hope when there's so much death around us. Sometimes our hope needs restoration. The author Anne Lamott says that hope is showing up and never giving up. Others have said that hope is a preferred or a desirable outcome. Hope is always forward-looking, always progressing into the future beyond the momentary circumstances. Hope always looks with eyes of faith beyond the obvious, beyond the immediate, beyond the troubles of the moment, believing that God is about to do something new. And hope takes its stand on the promises of Jesus. Hope believes in the one who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not yet exist. But let me be clear. Let me be absolutely crystal clear. Hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is not just wishing on a star. It's not blowing out your birthday candles. Hope is more than positive thinking. Hope is more than a a sunshiny disposition. Hope is more than crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Hope is more than rubbing a good luck charm. Hope is more than just wishing things will turn out right. And Hope is certainly not being naive or childish. Hope is rooted in our conviction that what Jesus accomplished on the cross and the empty tomb is the reason for our hope. Our hope is believing that there is a power, a promise, potential, possibility that's been unleashed on the world. It's at the empty tomb that hope finds its true meaning. New Testament theologian Luke Timothy Johnson says, Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of hope in a God who can call into being that which does not exist and can therefore give life to the dead. Easter, this gathering of Easter, this celebration of Easter is our defiant hope that life actually is stronger than death, that life is more permanent than death. We celebrate this Easter in hopes that God will overcome all manner of death, including, of course, our physical deaths. But the truth is, every day you and I experience smaller, lesser, though still painful deaths. Every little disappointment's a death. Every failure, every mistake is a little death. Every relationship that ends is a death. Every life transition is a death. Something has passed, and now something new can come in its place. Easter is our defiant hope that life, abundant life, fruitful life, eternal life will have the final say. Spiritual writer Philip Yancey says, Easter hits a new note of hope and faith that what God did once in a graveyard in Jerusalem, he can and will repeat on a grand scale. The novelist Barbara Kingsolver says the very least you can do in your life is figure out what you hope for. The most you can do is live inside that hope. Spiritual writer Henry Nouwen says our spiritual life is a life in which we wait, actively present in the moment, expecting that new things will happen to us, new things that are far beyond our imagination or prediction. Let's be honest. 
Holding on to faith, standing on faith in the face of death is hard. Hope, even for people like you and me, can be easily battered and bruised by the pain, the disappointments, the losses we experience in this life. Some days it seems like there's more reason to be hopeless than to be hopeful. The messages that we hear every day, that bombard us every day of hopelessness may seem more abundant than the good news of Easter. But friends, followers of Jesus, we must be people of hope. Hope for us can never be an option. Hope is what is possible, what we know is possible because of Jesus' victory over death. And hope, Hope is more than a feeling. Hope ultimately is an act of faith. Hope, being hopeful, is a decision. Being a person of hope, resting your faith in Jesus Christ, is a choice. Hope is a defiant refusal to ever give up, ever roll over, or ever accept death as the victor. So friends, what do you hope for? On this Easter Sunday, what do you hope for? And I don't mean your hope that this sermon will wrap up sooner than later. I I don't mean hopes for whatever sporting event is coming that you're hopeful that your team or person might win. I mean the big stuff. I mean the real stuff. What new life, what new beginning, what potential, what possibility do you hope for? Whatever your hope is, this, friends, is your day. This is Easter. This is the day that we take our stand at the empty tomb. This is the day that hope wins. Hope wins. On an Easter Sunday, N.T. Wright, a bishop in the Anglican church, gave a sermon on that story of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, meeting the disciples at the seashore, and they hadn't had much success that night. And in that sermon, Bishop Wright writes, the whole point about the resurrection is that the risen Jesus is the beginning of God's new world order. He is the guarantee that love is stronger than death, that God who made the world and has grieved over its fall into sin and corruption has not left it to stew in its own juice, but has entered it, taken its pain and shame and death on himself and broken through to a new creation. And this means we are invited to look at the world in a whole new way. We're summoned to see everything from fishing boats to frog spawn, from rainbows to refugee camps in a new way. We're summoned to let the morning sun rise on our perception of God's world, to stop looking at things the old way, blundering along in the dark. We are invited to open our eyes and see new life. Open our minds and believe new life. Open our hearts and love new life. 
open our hands and give new life. And we are invited to do this because Jesus is risen. And with him, new creation has come into being. Friends, what do you hope for? What do you hope for? Christ is risen. Oh, after a sermon like that, that's the best you can do? Christ is risen! Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.